developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. From the Esquire Lounge in downtown Champaign, it's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM, WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Ospison, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, live from the Esquire Lounge on Walnut Street in downtown Champaign, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to our number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. We are indeed at the Esquire, 106 North Walnut Street, downtown Champaign. Going to talk some Illinois football and some Illinois basketball on the show tonight. If you have any questions here in the Esquire, raise your hand. We'll get a microphone around to you. Phone line is open as well, 217 217- Three five six nine three nine seven. Scott Ritchie is quote on assignment. He's uh, living the luxurious lifestyle right now. He's on an airplane headed for Big Ten basketball media day, which is tomorrow in Minneapolis. So he's up there to cover that. We're going to talk some basketball coming up in just a little bit. Two of the three Fighting Illini men's basketball assistants will be here. Jeff Alexander and Tim Anderson. Chester Frazier was scheduled to be here. He is out recruiting tonight, so he'll not be with us on this particular edition of the show. But we're talking about a fighting Illini football team that is ranked in the uh, top 25 at number 24. After that uh, 9-6 win, you almost got the score right, didn't you? Yeah, I don't want to toot my own horn at all, but uh, I needed uh, I guess a, you do. I led you into it. You should. I, I just needed a safety late you told me that at, at some game. point. Yep. But, uh, yeah, it was a heck of a Saturday night for, uh, for Illinois football team, and uh, they're, they're ranked now number 24 in the country in the, right. the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll. And uh, I don't think anyone had on their bingo card before the year that uh, they could clinch a bull berth with a homecoming win, but that's the reality we're, we're looking at this Saturday when Minnesota comes to Memorial Stadium. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, a really impressive first half of the season so far for Brett Bielema's team, especially the defense. Uh, they've given up a total of 48 points on the entire season. Uh, for comparison's sake, in 2018, they gave up at least 48 points in five different games. Correct. So, that was that, bad. Uh, that was that was that not was ideal. Not ideal at all. But uh, yeah, they're they're playing well and uh, look to continue that on on Saturday. They've yet to give up a touchdown at home. That's pretty amazing in itself. And they're in the top ten nationally in about about ten defensive categories, right. Bob. And uh, I was thinking back when was the last time Illinois had a, a national leader? Of course, Chase Brown still leads the uh, nation. In rushing, Whitney Merciless led the nation in sacks. forced fumbles and sacks. sacks and yeah. Of course, David Williams led the nation as a receiver back in the, the early 80s. 
but it's been a while since uh, you, you were talking about this many Illinois players slash teams in uh, the national rankings. Yeah, I vote for the Doka Walker Award, which goes the best running back. I think right now Chase Brown would definitely be in the, be in the finalist list. Now that's halfway through the year. A lot of things can happen. But at his current pace, he's going to head toward 2,000 yards, which is crazy, be the school record. So I think I see him being a finalist for that award right now, he's for only, sure. He's only 121 yards shy of going over 1,000 for the second straight year. And to, to lead the nation in rushing at this point, we're at the halfway point, right? And he's led every single week. And he's not giving that up. He's only ahead by about 49 or 50 yards over somebody. But uh, the fact is, you wouldn't have uh, figured that he had 146 against that Iowa defense. No, exactly. And uh, just think if he would have been given the ball on a, a questionable third and long instead of a quarterback draw, how many yards he might have gotten uh, on Saturday night as well. But, yeah, he's uh, lead, there's a running back from Pitt uh, who's like 40 or 48 yards or so behind him for number two. Uh, Blake Corum from Michigan is third in the country. He's almost 150 yards behind Brown. Uh, so, yeah, the, the exploits that he's done so far this season, the fact that he's been able to do this too, maintaining such a heavy workload as well. I mean, he had 31 carries Saturday night for 146 yards. I mean, you just kind of expected at this point that he's going to be able to, to break through and doesn't get any easier uh, this Saturday. Uh, it's crazy to think that Illinois has the nation's top scoring defense considering – their defense in the past has been... Yeah, that's all gone. Yeah, you I know. It's, I mean, it's crazy. Time to, time to <laughs> we got to forget, forget about all that stuff. That stuff doesn't matter to this group. They've moved on. Even though there's a lot of players from Levy Smith that are still playing, including Chase Brown, mm-hmm. making a major role. But Chase Brown, to me, you talk about him being so durable. And I think a lot of his, what great shape he is in, you can see him and his brother just walk, work against each other, off each other, and it's really been a big deal. But you're right, the defense right now is playing lights out. Like, maybe no other, no other defense here in a long, 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 long time. No, I mean, they're, they're the top-scoring defense in the country, averaging giving up only an average of eight points a game. The number two-ranked defense in the country is Minnesota, who comes to town this Saturday. The number three-ranked defense was Iowa, who was just here. But Minnesota, to I be know, fair, they, have, they haven't played anybody they have about played well, one good team, they lost to him. And you're really a big fan of their head coach, too. No, I, I came around on him, but he's still not very – no, he's not, he's not right. There's something wrong with him. <laughs> too many road bullet things. That road bullet thing. I, I, I'm not, if I'm a fan there, I would not be happy about that. But. Well, the big win did not uh, come without uh, some injury uh, right. situations the other night. Uh, Tommy DeVito, the Illinois quarterback, went down with 47 seconds left in the – First quarter did not return. He stayed on the sidelines. Was actually riding the bike there for a while. But uh, Isaiah Williams had a concussion. I doubt right. that we see him. I, no, we'll I'd see be him. surprised if uh, Devito plays. Although they're not going to say that. Uh, certainly not on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Thursday, or Friday. You'll find out on <laughs> no, Saturday. No, Saturday. It makes no sense to, for him to, him to play because they got off week next week, not a buy. They have an off week next week. And then they play a following week, so it makes no sense. I think you got to rest him. He was already a little bit banged up before that game. He, his his ankle was a problem anyway, so it just reaggravated it. So I think again, I think it'll be Art, Art Sikowski playing quarterback the whole way. And based on a lot of what he did on Saturday, except for the f- near fumble, he del- did some really good things. And I think they have a better chance to win with him as opposed to an unhealthy or not healthy Tommy DeVito. Makes well, no and and that, that interception he had near the goal line did, did not help out yeah, well either. I mean, he, but he, he, had some good, he had some 
uh, big completions late, but at one point Saturday night he was he was ten of fifteen for sixteen passing yards. So that's not it's great. a definite shift in in game plan when he's in compared to what Devito is now. Who knows how much that might change this week? Given if he is going to start on Saturday, he gets all the reps with the ones. Right. Barry Lunny Jr. is able to work more with him and and get some yeah. plays that are tailored for his his strong suits because. I think it's pretty clear that he's got a better arm than DeVito. I think that's right. I mean, he, I he throws the ball yeah. harder. It's he does. Like a, it's like a 98-mile-an-hour fastball coming out of his hands. Totally recovered from the, his injuries, too. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. totally healed. I just think a week in preparation will make him much better than he was last week. And I think I think they'll have a good chance to win with him in, in, in the game. We've got the phone lines open, 217-356-9397, if you'd like to join us. Anybody here at the Esquire with a question or comment uh, can certainly raise your hand. Let's go to the phones. And Steve is with us. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I'd like to see the school put together a Heisman Trophy campaign for Chase Brown, get a little more publicity for him out there, and also to see uh, if they could get some publicity for giving him a first-team All-American this year. I was wondering what you guys thought. I think that's totally fair. I think yeah. the school would do some things for him. Chasing the Heisman, there you go. Yeah, and I'm a longtime voter, and I that stuff doesn't really work much. I think if your numbers are great, if your team is good. So right now, Chase Brown is in great shape because his numbers are off the charts. His team is playing well, so he's in contention right now. Even though he wasn't in in contention going into the year, so yeah, I think that's possible. I think a campaign kind of reminds voters, hey, by the way, that we got this guy's playing great, so that's a good thing. But yeah, I can see that, and and I think the Walker Award too, he's, he'll be in contention for that too. That's part of it is putting uh, those publicity campaigns together. I, I agree with you. I don't think they help. It doesn't much. help much. It helps a little bit. I mean, you, you might get some guys on the West Coast that uh, have, haven't seen him play. Right. They say, oh well. Let's start looking for at his stats and such. I think the awareness of him across the country is becoming more prominent. I think I think people know who he is. A lot of that is because ESPN, BTN, they are talking about him. So the more they talk about him, and you, show, you watch the play, how many games in a row? Seven games in a row with 100? Seven, yeah. That's pretty amazing. That will impress voters. It will impress fans. It will get them a lot of attention. You know what's really amazing is that that has never happened at the University of Illinois. They've had some pretty good running backs, but uh, nobody's ever done seven straight over 100. Right. That's kind of amazing. That Anything else, uh, Steve? Steve nope, appears to be gone. Okay, uh, Steve is gone. Let's go. I think we have another call. Ken, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for, t- for taking my call. Uh, just wanted to know what you all thought was the uh, – uh, bigger story, the demise of Iowa football or the rise of the Illini. Uh, didn't those guys play for the Big Ten Championship last year? Thanks they, a lot. No, I'll hang no. up and take your call. Thanks. Ken, not well. They got smoked yeah. by Michigan. They, but you're right. They did play for the title. And yeah, it's, it's startling. But I think a lot of their problems are traced not to the defense. The defense there is fantastic. But their offense is a mess. They're going to have to have big changes there probably sooner rather than later. But I think the bigger story right now here, of course, locally, is Illinois. But I think in Iowa, they're melting down. They're about ready to kill everybody. So they're not happy there. Kurt Ferentz, who should never be in trouble because of what he's done there, is probably facing a situation where he has to either fire, fire his son or resign. I don't think he'll resign. I don't think he'll want to fire his son. That puts him in a really tough situation because I don't know what you do. He might have to reassign 
something like that, or, or his son realizes we're not. This isn't working. I I got to step aside, but I don't think that will happen. Right. So that's a big chunk of money for Brian Ferentz too. So some people thought he would be the replacement there. I'm sure that's not going to happen. But I do think they would like to have it settled much easier than it's going to be right now. The Illinois Minnesota game, eleven o'clock on Saturday, homecoming, the one hundred twelfth homecoming. At uh, the University of Illinois, and Las Vegas must be watching because, uh, and, and notice some of the injuries. They've got the Minnesota a six and a half point favorite. Right, that moved up by the, with three points in the last yeah. day. So yeah, they they pay attention, and it, I, I think they feel like Tommy DeVito gives Illinois a better chance to win. That's always set so the betters bet half on Minnesota, half on Illinois. So that's kind of where it is. I don't think that, I don't think that really matters much. Illinois has a bunch of games as an underdog this year, so. I've, so Illinois yeah. has uh, three, four Big Ten teams in the top twenty-five. Ohio State is up to number two. Michigan actually dropped a spot to five. Right, which is wrong. Penn That's State crazy. is tenth. Penn State had a bye, didn't they, this last week? They were off, yes. And uh, Illinois is twenty-fourth. Right, and uh, Minnesota is. They got some votes. Banging the door, yeah, yeah. there and Purdue. Actually, also has votes. Maryland had lost a tough game. They would be better shape than they are, so they would have been that next team. But, yeah, I think four is a pretty good number. When you have three, they're so dominant. So that's the football talk off the top here. Yep. Anything you'd like to add on that? Are you going to predict a score yet uh, the, early this week? Nine, eight, again. I'll, uh, I'll go 17-12 Illinois. So okay, well, you you've go. been well, thinking about it already. No, I haven't. I, I just <laughs> thought of it right now. Twelve so. is kind of hard to get. That, that just shows you how much time and effort we put into actually picking the score uh, of games. So there, 17-12 Illinois, and I'll, I'll stick with that through the uh, rest of the week. Four field goals. Four field goals, no touchdowns. Okay. Yep, there, there you go. go. So it's going to be another field goal game on both sides. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Illinois is going to score a couple touchdowns, oh, okay. and then uh, four field goals for Nor- for Minnesota. So Illinois can then go into November not having allowed a touchdown at Memorial Stadium. There Pretty amazing. We'll see how that goes. We'll yeah, exactly. So no pressure. Well, we we kind of chuckled at your expense last week, and you showed us uh, showed us how that went, right? Yeah, I, I had nine to eight Illinois in, in the paper, and uh, yeah, no one. Uh, thanks to Todd Lindsay for putting it out there that uh, I actually was. Almost close to it, and yeah, just I just needed a safety at some point there late, and it just didn't happen. We're going to talk some Illinois basketball uh, today. They in the only preseason poll that is really done, right? A bunch of writers get together, they do a Big Ten poll and pick uh, Illinois second in the Big Ten preseason behind Indiana. Right. And tomorrow is Big Ten media day, so uh, that'll be discussed up there some. And. A uh, lot uh, going on with basketball. Yeah, no, the uh, media days are up in Minneapolis uh, tomorrow, and uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., Matthew Meyer, and, and Coleman Hawkins are going to be there with Brad Underwood. And uh, yeah, preseason polls are, are what they are, but uh, a lot of uh, focus on the Illini based on their success this past season with uh, a lot of newcomers meshing in with some of the returnees. So uh, Indiana's got a lot back as well, so I think that's why the Hoosiers kind of lead the way in, in that preseason poll. But it's, it's good fodder for, for mid-October come early, mid-March. I don't really think anyone's going to be having that bulletin board material of where they were ranked in the Big Ten preseason poll. AP poll in basketball is coming out, I think, soon, next week or so. How weird is, is it that Illinois in football is ranked and basketball we don't know? I assume they'll be ranked or close, right? But that's kind of odd. Yeah. When's the last time football was ranked? Well, obviously it hasn't been in the last 11 years. But beyond that, I don't know when, when – 
football was ranked and basketball was not. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Uh, that There's a like project a, for you, sounds Bob. Sounds like a great column no, for you, Bob. Yeah, that's too much work. Get out the media guides. Go year by year. Here you go. Nice. All right, that's some football talk. We're going to take a timeout. We've got a couple of Illini assistant basketball coaches, Jeff Alexander and Tim Anderson, with us. We'll call them up, and uh, we'll continue on Monday Night Sports Talk from the Esquire in downtown Champaign. We're back after this on DWS. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Hey, Illini family, it's Illinois volleyball coach Chris Thomas. We'll see you at Huff Hall Wednesday night for a match against Rutgers. And listen to every point right here on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. back at the Esquire on hour number two of Monday Night Sports Talk. When you come to the Esquire, be sure to check out their signature drink, Matt Daniel's favorite drink, the pineapple margarita. No, that's, that's Scott Ritchie's go-to. I think he's got some right now on the plane to, well, he might. to Minneapolis. And, <laughs> with, his, and if, with his caviar. And if he does, good for him, right? Also, the Esquire has homemade soups every day of the week for lunch and dinner. Check that out. Downtown Champagne when you're at the Esquire. Welcome, everybody. To uh, Jeff Alexander and Tim Anderson from the Illinois men's basketball coaching staff. Chester Frazier, I'm told, is on the recruiting trail tonight, Jeff. Is that right? Correct. Correct. So you've got to do that when you can. And uh, practice, you've uh, been in a couple of weeks now. What, uh, give us a little idea of what uh, you've seen so far from, from these guys. Well, it's obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of things different. Um, personnel style of play, um, length of practice. Um, you know, our numbers are a little down, you know, being that we have uh, 13 guys versus 16 like we did a year ago. So we have to minimize our practice time a little bit. But um, I tell people all the time here as, you know, the last week, just the new energy that's in the building. You know, the freshmen, the transfers, you know, just bring new energy into, you know, um, into practice, into workouts. I love having old teams and experience, but at the same time, I think you can be somewhat too old. Not saying that was the case last year, but it's just fresh energy that's in the building. They're working really, really hard. Um, I think this team can be really, really good. Um, so they're going to continue on. Day off tomorrow, which they need. Yep. Um, recover and, and uh, handle their business academically. and. Uh, but uh, it's been great. This is Brad Underwood's sixth season here in Champaign-Urbana. You've been with him most of that time, and your relationship with him goes back further than that. Bring us up to date of when you guys first hooked up. Yeah, um, so, so Brad was my, uh, my assistant coach at Western Illinois. He recruited me there. Um, so I've known him since June of 1997. Uh, my dad walked me into his office in Macomb, um, and then that was kind of this, you know, the rest. But uh, we were together there for five years at Western. Um, we were in Daytona Beach together um, for three years. Had really, really good teams down there. Um, and then within the same week, I left to take my first Division One job at Idaho State University in, in Pocatello, Idaho. And Brad uh, left and went to K-State with Coach Huggins, uh, his alma mater. So we were together then. And then six years ago, we got back. Uh, together has he mellowed out at all it, it, I said people ask all the time he's the same way 
assistant coach, head coach, dad, husband. He's the same guy since, you know, for 30 years. He really is. Tim Anderson with us as well. Tim, uh, in your second year here, talk a little bit about about, uh, you coming to the U of I. What attracted you to this program? You've known Brad Underwood for a, a time, right? Well, uh, one of the one of the biggest things for me um, is growth, uh, and like I tell everyone, I, I grew up, you know, watching the final line, even from football to Corey Legit to Bashar Mendenhall to Aurelius Ben. I can go on and on to Juice Williams to Rocky Harvey. I've been watching Channel Twenty Six for a long time, <laughs> and um, and you know that was kind of my first passion. So to see the guys doing really really well on the, on the football field is good for me too. But um, just to to be a part of a winning culture. You know, I think um, a lot of times you can be in some inopportunic situations that things doesn't work out and you try your best or just whatever. And, uh, and, and just, you know, knowing Jeff and knowing Fraser and knowing Coach and just to be a part of it and wanting to be a part of something that's successful. And people care here. Like, I was just telling G, like, we, we never did this at DePaul. I never saw anyone. I never – I don't even know the fans. I don't know anyone at DePaul. And I was there four years, and, you know, we put a lot of work in there. And, and one thing about this place is people really, really care. And that's important for me. And to be a part of this is important. Like, and um, this is a little short story. So I, uh, I was in Chicago recruiting, and I was going to Dick's because I left something uh, – Dick's Sporting Good, and I left something – I had to grab some shirts or something. I get out of my car, I just hear somebody driving down really fast, ILL. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, out there, they talking to me. <laughs> but, but little things like that, it makes you, you know, in, the, in Chicago, they're driving fast and they're outside of the car, and I'm like, damn, who's talking to me? Like, but stuff like that, just to be a part of a family and to be a part of something that's really, really uh, infectious and, and just good people, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is my guy, man. We got really, really good relationships with the staff and people work. We respect each other. We have fun. Uh, and, and, and again, you guys were winning because I was literally, after DePaul, I'm like, you know, I'm done. I'm going to, you know, focus on my family and, and work in the community center. But when the opportunity came open and then I got on the phone with Jeff uh, and Chester and it just felt, it felt right. It's something I always wanted to do, too. I wanted to go to the University of Illinois, too, so... Uh, Tim, obviously a lot of new faces on, on this year's roster. Two of them will be up in Minneapolis tomorrow representing the program at Big Ten Media Days and Matthew Meyer and, and Terrence Shannon Jr. Kind of fill us in a little bit on, on how those recruitments went this offseason and, and how you and the staff were able to just kind of quickly react to the ongoing transfer portal that is college basketball these days. I think, I think one, of, like, one of the things that I don't like about the job is that when someone commits, they automatically put a person with that person. And people have no idea how much work goes on behind closed doors. The chemistry that me, Jeff, and Fraze have. You know, if we're looking for a certain type of prototype, we're all on the same page. And again, you know, when we recruit, we recruit the whole family. You know, and, and I think we take the holistic approach. And just for one person to be attached for it, to the guy, I, I don't, you know, I, we don't really roll like that. But um, I think when we set out after the season sitting in the locker room, we literally sat there a few hours and, and me, him, and Fraze, and we was saying, hey, look, we got to change the dynamics of this roster. We have to get more athletic. We have to get longer. We have to get better athletes. We have to get guys that can go up and down because Houston kind of just wore us down. We were there, but they just had better athletes, and they was more built for that. And, you know, our roster was traditionally built for the Big Ten. And then um, 
and you know we all have different relationships so you go down the recruiting process and you kind of identify guys and uh Terrence Shannon Dane and Matt was were, were, were three of the guys we identified one because first because they're winners we don't want to bring anybody in that's a part of the losing we don't we don't like that. We don't. We don't. We want to keep our culture solid and continue to build off that. So that's one of the main things. We had a lot of guys that was able. We could have got in on or possibly got, but they was kind of infected with losses. So we ain't doing that. Um, and uh, and now we just got to get what we need. You know, guys that fit our culture, guys that can play. Um, and through relationships, we had got we had relationships with Terrence. Uh, uh, University of Illinois recruited Terrence before. I had a relationship with him, so he was familiar with the guys um and then matt was a relationship too so uh we kind of identified what we needed and then we you know just just go to work and get it done uh i'll ask both of you you lose one of the best players in school history and one of the top scorers they're both gone and you, you come back and you pick second in the big 10 what does that tell you about where you guys are that right now other people see you as one of the best teams in the conference still despite losing this great player these great players well, it's, uh, it goes back to adapting. Um, okay. We, we as, as, as Tim mentioned, we identified a big issue of ours last year. Length, athleticism, speed. Um, we went from the year before last playing at about 72 possessions, and I know that doesn't mean a lot to y'all, but we went from 72 possessions a game to 62 possessions a game, and we all know why, that we are playing through that big guy. So we identified that in tournament play, that kind of, that handicaps you a little bit. So as he mentioned, we wanted to get more athletic, more versatile. Um, across the board, we're gonna have great size. We can go anywhere from start at, you know, we could have a six, seven point guard all the way up to six, nine across the board and be really, really versatile. But uh, to answer your question, yeah, we, you know, obviously dug deep in the portal. Um, I love our high school class. Um, they're, they're eager to learn. They are way beyond their years as far as work and understanding how to work. Um, almost, you know, Ty Rogers works like a professional. Sky Clark works like a professional. You know, they, they already got that. And that's a big, big adjustment coming from high school to, you know, the high major programs. But, um, you know, just getting back, I mean, we knew, he said it, Houston exploited us. You know, athleticism, their guard play, and. You know, now we've fixed some things. We're going to be able to play different defensively. Obviously, offensively, we're going to be so much faster and play at a different pace. Uh, so I think a lot of exciting times. Talking to Jeff Alexander and Tim Anderson from uh, Brad Underwood's coaching staff. You mentioned Kofi Coburn. Just a quick question. Is there an update on what he's up to these days? Is he uh, Obviously, he's trying to find his next step. Uh, would either one of you care to comment on that? Uh, he's still working through some things, um, trying to – figure out contract stuff and um, he's looking at some different things um, obviously the G League being one of those uh, I wouldn't throw it out you know put it past maybe going across the water and playing international ball uh, somewhere over there uh, it's just so different and, and obviously there's been huge conversation about Kofi his decision and all that he made his decision we're behind him we're proud of what he did here. He's one of us. He'll always be one of us. He's like a brother to us. You know, um, he's got to find a situation. The NBA is, is, is a different game. It's fast. It's speed. It's pace. It doesn't really fit Kofi that well. 
he may have to take different avenues to carve a different kind of space out for him for his career. Um, he's got a chance to make a lot of money doing that, and I hope he does that and handles that right. Uh, but we're behind him. I hope everybody's behind him. He made a decision, and we're behind it 100%. He's a grown man, and um, I hope he has a great, great career. This uh, team makeup, and you guys touched on it a little bit, but it's almost like three different categories. You've got returning guys, Coleman Hawkins, Melendez, Goody, guys like that. You've got transfers, you mentioned them, and you've got the freshman class. Tim, let's start with the, the returning guys and what you see from those guys through a couple of weeks of practice and the, the summer workouts as well. Tell us a little bit about maybe each guy and, and what has impressed you so far. Well, I think, I think um, you know, especially for a guy first to start off with Coleman, who's been here, you know, uh, it's going to be his third year. So he's been through the system. He understands what it's like. He's been coached. Uh, he understands what it's like to win. He's been in games that's up 10, down 10, up three, down three. He understands. He's cultured. Uh, we, we expect him to take a big jump. Um, he's going to do some different things for us this year. We're going to play a lot through him. Uh, his versatility on both ends should uh, give us a lot, a lot of mismatch problems on both ends of the floor. And you got a guy like Luke Goody. Every time I talk about Luke, I just, you know, that's, that's, that's my dog. He, uh, <laughs> Luke is a funny dude. But uh, Luke's a guy that works at it, really, really smart and cerebral, tougher than what he's looked. Tougher than what he looks, and, 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 he's, and he's, 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 he's a leader. He's taking more of a leadership role, uh, and you guys know he can shoot it, shoot it. Uh, but I just want one of Luke really, really good qualities. He's a really, really good person, really good rebounder. He's a keeper of the culture. He's a guy that does whatever we need to do. And, um, and, and that's why when I talk about Luke, I light up, and he gets on my nerve every day in practice. Like, he literally, every time I see him, he's, he's, he's cracking jokes or messing around or whatever. But, I mean, he's, he's probably my favorite. But, um, and you got a guy like RJ, uh, who's already took a tremendous step. Um, and, you know, and uh, Fraze and Dreff and, and Brad, they, they own him pretty tough. He had him in the gym at 6 o'clock this morning before weights and, you know, and you know, if you know anything about Jeff, Jeff goes hard. He don't have a middle or don't have a low button. When Jeff go, he goes. So, um, and 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 RJ has taken a step. We expect him to take a bigger step. He's getting more comfortable in a leadership role, talking. I think Terrence has been really, really good for him. One of the biggest things uh, before Terrence committed, we gave Terrence an assignment. Your assignment is to 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 bring people with you to make make guys better, and particularly RJ Melendez. We need to get R.J. to compete at a high level. And one thing about Terrence, he's going to compete every possession. Jeff will tell you he want to be first in every drill. He goes hard in everything. He don't take a playoff. This is a guy that goes to sleep at 8.30 every night and wakes up at, at 4. He's in the gym at 4.30 a.m. every day. Um, at, sometimes, I mean, we would wish he wouldn't do it, but he's so wired and he's so, you know, locked into the process. And he leads by example. And the next thing for him is to be able to bring guys with him and teach them. But uh, I think Terrence has been really, really good for RJ because he's taken his competitive level to another notch. It'll be situations <laughs> like we have our drills and it'll be, uh, this will be Terrence, or no, this will be RJ and someone else. And then Terrence will go purposely getting loud to go with him every time, push him, push him, push him. Because RJ is really, really talented, man. He has a chance to be really, really special. He shoots it. Uh, you know he can run. He's athletic. Uh, he's getting more comfortable, um, but I think he should. I, 
we got a lot of talent. I was just sitting right there asking Jeff, I, you know, how good you think we are because I'm scared when I look at it. And we have so many guys that can do so many different things. And just going back to Houston, I just remember him wearing us down with athleticism and just keep waving guys three, four at a time, bringing them, bringing them, bringing them, bringing them, bringing them. And I guarantee you, if you do that again, we're going to be ready for you. So you, <laughs> we, you, you, know, you get in one of those dog fights again, you can throw out Ty Rogers, RJ Melendez, Coleman Hawkins, Matt Mayer, which is a different type of guy, but he really can play. Uh, and we got a lot of different guys that we can throw at you now. So we can go pound for pound for anybody. And I think our roster is built to be really, really good later. The sooner those freshmen are able to catch up and be sophomores, we'll be really, really good. We'll talk about some of those freshmen and some of the other players as well. Need to take a quick time out. We're going to continue with Jeff Alexander and Tim Anderson from Brad Underwood's basketball coaching staff. We're back with more after this. Stay with us. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Join us for homecoming at the University of Illinois. It's Illinois and Minnesota, the Golden Gophers. Kick at 11 in Champaign. 9 o'clock, Illini game day from Grange Grove coming up Saturday. Back of the Esquire, downtown Champaign. About uh, 10 more minutes with Tim Anderson and Jeff Alexander. And if you're stopping by the uh, Esquire anytime soon, they've got great sandwiches here, burgers, and fish on Fridays as well. Stop by for lunch or dinner at the Esquire. Well, Tim, you've got a lot of a lot of freshmen to uh, contend with this season. Uh, Sky Clark, Jaden Epps, Ty Rogers. Just what have you what have you seen out of these freshmen? What do you like out of them uh, so far at all? Um, oh. Need a microphone <laughs> first. I mean, we were just having we were a conversation. Just having a conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're good. We're on, a, we're on a radio show. Uh, uh, no, so um, <laughs> that was that was really good. <laughs> so um, I think one of the one of the biggest things I think their maturity their ability to intake uh, information and to apply it is really, really important and it helps their growth process, the ability to be coached, the ability to be process driven. That's how we are here. Like we more so locked into the process than the results of the process. And, uh, and we got guys that understand that. Um, and I think all of those guys has been winners in high school. That was one of the main things that we thought uh, was the the main trait when you're recruiting kids, or, or transfer portal high school? You have to be a winner. You have to be a winner, and they understand what it takes. Uh, and just you know, like I said, um, you know, individually, you know, they're they're different. They're different, but I think collectively, they're they're a really good group that likes each other and that works pretty hard. And that's uh, and and again, sooner they can become sophomores. Hopefully, it's hopefully it's tomorrow. <laughs> But when they're able to become sophomores, we're going to be a really, really good team. Now, we'll be, we'll be fine, you know, initially, but they're going to do some things. You're going to be like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, but once they become sophomores and then they're talented and able to take over, they're talented than a lot of guys. Jeff, how do you guys balance the, the need to recruit the portal and the way it is today in, in today's game, but also have those incoming freshmen as well? Well, the high school level will always be kind of our foundation, our core, our culture, um, guys that you bring in, freshmen, sophomore, you know, guys that can be with you out through, uh, throughout the whole, whole time. Um, the portal, basically, you hit needs, um, impact, um, guys that, you know, guys that you need to be playmakers and basically on the top of the scouting report is what, how we call it. Um, and I think we hit 
this guy right here hit the portal as well as anybody in the country this year in those guys. And, um, you know, it's something that it's the landscape of, of college athletics. You've seen it in college football. Every, every sport is, is, is using the portal to, I don't want to say flip it, but really take a jump uh, quickly within what they're doing. Uh, we were able to do that. We lost, obviously, a lot of production, a lot of uh, what we call usage. Um, and we've, we've, you know, replaced that with guys that, as he mentioned, played in a national championship, played in a Final Four, played in an Elite, elite Eight. I mean, so, you know, guys that have played in the game or games that we are trying to get to, you know, guys you can get in the portal. I'll ask either of you. When you're putting together a team, a roster, do you try to balance personalities? I mean, obviously the team, you want the team to be balanced. But about personalities, how the players are, interact with each other, what, what's important there? So we've started using a uh, – there, there's a – it's used by every professional league. A lot of the uh, universities are using a personality test now. Oh, really? Recruits, our teams, we all take it. Brad's taking it. Everybody that touches our guys that's within our program, there's a personality test. Along with that is how do you deal with these personalities? And I know Brad, it's been a huge, huge help for Brad. You know, you take, you know, go back last year with Kofi Coburn, Andre Curbelo, different personalities, understanding how they tick, and then being able, how do you you know, impact those, those each and every personality. But, um, you know, the NBA uses it pre-draft. Um, NFL, it's become a big thing. Um, it's very, very interesting. But it allows you to really, really get to understand your guys and to answer your question. It helps us. You know, as he mentioned earlier, you know, we don't take winners or, excuse me, losers uh, within our program. Same thing with personalities. If that personality is a little bit off, and we don't think we can get to you, we're going to move on. That'd be me, actually. I mean, that guy. I mean, they go, oh, we don't want him. And in and shorter words for Jeff, we, you got to be able to be coached by Brad, first of all. So if you can't be coached by Brad, you're not coming in here. You're not getting in here. And, and y'all know Brad's a different cat. Uh, but uh, and, and the crazy thing about Brad is, like, he's a really good dude. Like, he, I've never saw someone that can go in about in and out of emotions like him. He can literally be, like, cursing me out right here and then turn around and laugh at Jeff like, I got him really good, dude. I'm like, <laughs> he, he's the world's best instigator. I oh, always say he's an instigator. He, oh, man, he works literally, through. literally. Look, he'll go down there and say, hey, man, RJ, man, Sky said you can't score on him. I'm like, man, this is uh, T.A., we got to get better players in here. Like, <laughs> and uh, and it's, always, it's always mental warfare with him. Like, literally, he'll come in. So for me, um, someone asked me last year, like, what is one of the biggest things you took from Brad? And, and for me as a man with, with my marriage and my wife is to be able to get in and out of emotions. Because sometimes, you know, us men can hold grudges. Well, we're no. not really good at holding no. grudges like the other, but, <laughs> but wow. to be able to hurry up and get out of that state of emotion is really, really important. Um, but Brad is, uh, man, he's, 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 he's a different type of guy, man. And I'm, 
I'm just I'm grateful to be here. And he'll literally look. He'll 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 give us the practice plan. We'll have the practice plan like 6:15. We're looking at it. He'll walk by. He'll say, "Don't worry about that. I'm gonna f practice up today. Don't even worry about that." Literally goes into practice, and everything they do it just just frustrates them, makes them mad, makes them upset, gets them comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, and, 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 and now you got the freshman. He's screaming. They're throwing the ball all over the place. He's screaming at us. And it's crazy because they don't understand, like, hey, just relax. You know, that's what Brad does sometimes. He'll have a practice plan and just go the whole different direction. And just whatever they do is nothing, you know, they can't do nothing good. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's uh, basically, in a nutshell, you got to be able to play for Brad. You got to be able to understand Brad, and you have to be able to play for Brad. If you can't play for Brad, you're not going to be here. We'd like to come see that. Can we come see that? Huh? <laughs> I'd like to come see that. I'd like to see the fun. fun oh, advice. man, it's crazy. It's, you, you, you'll be like, he'll literally get in someone's butt and then turn around. Hey, T.A., you're going to be able to come out for dinner tonight? I'm like. <laughs> that uh, music means we've only got a minute left, but uh, this time has really flown by. Tim Anderson, Jeff Alexander, thanks a lot for coming to visit you. with us. Come back. And uh, the alumni have an exhibition game, the first uh, exhibition game, first and only exhibition game coming up on Friday, October the 28th. That's the night before Illinois plays at Nebraska. Congratulations to a couple of local golfers. We had a state championship golfer. Yeah, Wade, Wade Shocks, a senior at uh, Champaign Central, won the uh, Class 2A state title on Saturday. The first boys golfer from Champaign Central or Champaign High School to win a golf state title since 1925. And Steve Stricker wins again on the Champions Tour in uh, professional golf. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week on WDWS Champaign-Urbana from the Esquire in downtown Champaign. Have a good night.